Nobody thinks about like two old people having sex. That's gross. What? What? What is going on here? <laughs> we're, we're, this is this. this is different. What are we? Now doing? we're just choosing the lesser of two evils. Oh wait, that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> now you definitely have to edit. Now. You are now listening to Not Safe for Church, a Pewology podcast original series. Are we airing this? Okay. Uh, hey, folks, welcome back to Pewology, and this is our show, Not Safe for Church, dun-dun-dun. And I have with me my good buddy, A.J. Baker, who has been doing ministry in this town, I feel like as long as I have. You've been here like the whole time. We kind of circle, no. we orbit in the same circles. Like <laughs> No, I, I started, uh, well, I, I became the pastor at a local church here uh, May 1st, 2011, so... We're pushing on like eight years in ministry. Yeah. Or full time ministry, anyway. A, not full time, bivocational. But. Bivocational <laughs> ministry, which is also fun. Yeah. There's no such thing as part time ministry. You know that as well. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a funny job where when you get the job, the job is, a, I don't know if lifestyle is the right word, but the job is. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I had to learn <clears throat> through seminary. I worked at uh, UPS, which was a straight up clock job. Yeah. You know, and then transitioning from having a clock job to having a job where you're just like fulfilling a role. It's, and, right. and I learned that it's ministry is not a job, it's a lifestyle. Yeah. You know, it's something that you have to, that you have to live, not, you know, show up for work and, you know, go home like Fred Flintstone or something like that, you know. So um, it's so it's true. different, and that's – it's definitely different. It's so true. You went to seminary at Southeastern or Southwestern? No, Southern Baptist. Southern. Like, yeah. My, oh, my bad. Oh, gosh. That was just like heresy right there. Yeah. Okay. It's Southern. The, the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, okay. the home of Albert Moeller. Boom. <laughs> Boom. There we go. Okay. And you are currently serving at Community Life Community Christian Life Community Church. Community Christian Life Church, got yeah, it. And, uh, and at 800 Jamma Joe Boulevard in Orlando. Oh, and uh, the best part about that zip is code Jamma 32803. Joe. 32803, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> For Jamma Joe. Yeah. <laughs> um, how long have you been there? Um, let's see. Uh, I started as an interim pastor there in November of 2017. So. Yeah. Um, almost a year and a half. Nice. So it's it's been great. I've got a, a great group of people there. That uh, uh, it's just um, it's been good. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, a loving group of people that that really just want to reach their community and um, they love one another. Uh, they love anybody that steps through our doors and uh, and and they love me. I think at least that's what they say. So. <laughs> No, I believe it. I've, I've been showing a lot of love, so it's it's been it's been a great experience. That's great. So now you would say, like, I don't want to like label you, but you would say, I think it's fair to say that. Okay, so let, let so you would say I'm a, I've gone to a con- pretty conservative seminary. I, I'm I'm like a. I mean, what label would you give yourself? What if you had to give yourself like a theological label or like a or like a Christian like grouping label, what would it be? Would you call yourself an evangelical? Would you call yourself a conservative? Would you call uh, Well, I'm going to go back to the uh, G.W. Bush days. I'm going to say I'm a compassionate conservative. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Old school. Uh, yeah. I like it. I, I, uh, I, I do um, – you know, I, I do believe the Bible is the inspired and inerrant yeah. word of God. Um, 
but uh, I, with the topic that we're going to be discussing yeah. today, you know, there's there's got to be a uh, there's got to be a tension between orthodoxy and compassion and love. Yeah. So, um, Boy, and you know, that is like I, the I, toughest I, thing. It is. It is, and it should be. You yeah. know, I mean, if it's easy for you, then you're not doing it. right. Something's wrong. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I do believe the Bible is the inspired and inerrant Word of God. Yeah. Um, but I really, um, I really don't follow like any of the uh, the big names. Uh, you know, I, I don't really tow anybody's line. Got we'll it. just we'll just say that. That's you know, right. there's a lot of guys I agree with on a lot of things, um, but you know, I disagree with some of my favorite teachers on right. certain things. So, um, you know, I try to try to keep that tension. I like it. I think that's a great explanation of it. Um, you know, I I, th- I love the starting point because I've talked to a variety of people mm-hmm. in a, a variety. Uh, at this point, a, a number of pastors and Christian leaders on this issue, and I think the I think we started a similar point, right? I think so. Yeah, I think we started a similar point, and so I because because I look. I don't want to like label anybody else or, or like address anybody else's labeling, but I spent a lot of time looking at you. Know, that's not a guitar. That's a spring. <laughs> I'm fixing the mic. <laughs> no worries. But I spent a lot of time thinking about the, um, the, the starting point has to be the scripture. Yes. So if the starting point is the scripture, <laughs> you got like, that's like a, <laughs> Tighten that sucker up as much as you can, like Maybe down there, because that's the that's the thing that. We're, we're, sorry, we're having technical Lefty, difficulties. Lefty, loosey, righty, tighty. Yeah, technical difficulties. Don't mind us. Which is very professional. Our show. Yeah, that's all good. Uh, okay, so let's. So we're. So we're. We've been talking in this series about sexuality, specifically homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is a tough issue for the church to face. It is, and 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 I I got kind of not rebuked, but I got kind of corrected because, and I think this is a fair correction. I was talking to a friend who comes from a more progressive line of thinking, and uh, her response when I brought it up that way, I, which I thought was fair, and I thought it was a good rebuke, which was she said, um, "I understand that you think about it as an issue, but remember, it's people." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "That's a fair, yeah. that's a fair thing, right?" Like, <clears throat> absolutely, the, I, it's easy to talk about these things up here, like up in the sky, like ethereally. And, yeah, I, I think that's what what we get in a lot of with some of our loud voices right. out there that uh, and out there in Christian land, right? You know, is that um, I, I think the problem is is that they've been behind behind church doors right. for so long that. They don't know anybody that's you know that yeah. that is truly you know that's lost and 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 that doesn't know Christ right. and they they whenever you know someone personally and you love someone personally that that uh, that lives a, a lifestyle that um, 
that Christianity doesn't necessarily uh, put a stamp of approval on. Right. And you know that person, you know, you know how they love their kids, you know how they love, you know, their parents, you know how they are active in the community, and you know they give you the shirt off of their back if they could. Yeah. You know, it, it really, I think it forces you to take a, a couple steps back and not be so, uh, uh, what's the word, vitriolic with your, uh, with how you with how you speak because like your your friend said that's a person yeah that is that is a person that 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 has thoughts and feelings and and they love and they yeah. they 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 get saddened I mean it's real people that we're dealing with yeah so and God loves yes <laughs> that, that, you know and that, that Jesus died for right you know? yeah, exactly <laughs> all right so let's start at the real softball questions the easy ones oh, um, man so it gets harder yeah. from here shoot. <laughs> So is like are you open to the idea that which I think is becoming more and more something that the church has to deal with and go through and address are are you are you open to the concept that someone could be born or that they could be okay that's not a, okay let me say it that way that they could be born with a sexual orientation toward for the same sex um yeah, I, I I really um there there might have been a time in my life when I'm like no you're not born that way I don't care what Lady Gaga says you know um you know right. but but the more the more that that I live and the more that uh, I understand myself because I'm a sinful wretch that's yeah. saved by grace fair enough and and the more that I under um, that I understand Scripture and the fall um you know. The world's not the way it's supposed to be. Right. I mean, there's a book titled with that title that I read in seminary. It, it's a jacked up world. I mean, it is, it is messed up. There's, there's people born with, you know, I mean, we were just talking a minute ago, you know, with, uh, with kids that are, are born addicted to drugs because, because of their parents' choices. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's kids born with, with diseases that are just horrible. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not the, their sin that's produced that. There's, yeah, we're born into a sin world, nature that's broken. The, the world is broken. It's in fact, I, I say this all the time. I always say it's infected. Yeah. Everything's been infected since exactly. the fall. We, 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 we exist in the aftermath of the nuclear bomb of sin that went off in the garden. Exactly. And we call it good, but it's not. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's messed up. And, you know, there's people I, I do believe that are born predisposed to certain, uh, certain, Behaviors that that you know uh, we may label as sinful, yeah. um, you know. I, I think I inherited my dad's bad temper. Uh, dad, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but this isn't a secret, you know, um, right. which is sinful. You know, right. whenever I lose it and, and I, you know, kick, yeah. whenever I kick the lawnmower, it not only hurts my foot, but, you know, it's it's not right. Yeah. You know, um, there's I, there's people, I mean, it's been proven that alcoholism can be yeah. uh, genetically predisposed, yeah. um, you know, and it's wrong to be drunk, you know, but some people are more predisposed disposed to that yeah. you know some people may be born with uh, more active libidos yeah. you know our society today would label them you know addicted to sex yeah. or, or whatever um you know so <clears throat> with all that said i i think it's perfectly theologically viable yeah. to say that yeah i i think you know you may have been born predisposed to you know to 
to being gay. Yeah. Um, and I always say like it, look, it's possible, but you know the world is broken. Yeah. You know. I always say like. I always say, like, look, I preface, I'm not a doctor, I don't know. I read a lot of this stuff. I look at a lot of, like, you know, what's going on in the, the, the science world, the social science world, and all that kind of stuff. And I spend a lot of time uh, looking through it, but I say, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But what I do know is that people are born broken physically. Yes. They're born broken, you know, uh, from, a, from a sense of, like, mentally broken. Right. You could be born with... I got a like for a second, you know. I got a buddy that's got schizophrenia. Schizophrenia is something you're born with. It's not something that's developed. It's not something that c- comes on because of like you made bad choices or drug use or any of this stuff. It's yeah. just it, it, you're born with it. It usually exhibits sometime after puberty, usually in your early twenties, and and wrecks the rest of your life. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, pretty much. And, and you know, it's like so. Here's the problem, right? So you got your like l- l- look at it through the lens of the schizophrenic lens for just a moment. So you got a buddy. And, and he's a schizophrenic and his, um, you know, this no choice of his own. It came on no choice of his own. It it is what it is. And now every, I don't know, 18 months to 24 months, the lithium builds up in his system and the meds get off and literally dude goes, ding, ding, you know, it, 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 it. it's almost like clockwork, right? And when he does, it's usually exhibited with things like anger and um, this kind of like, sometimes it can be violent, like violent, you know, sometimes it can be physical violence that result and all this stuff. Now, when I look at that, I, I look at that and I go, okay, well, um, there, there's an element of that that's, the action that is sinful and there's an element of that that's the results of sin in the world mm-hmm. in his body right yeah and and i kind of look at that and i get everybody's comfortable with this illustration right no, no, the, the whole sexuality thing gets, makes everybody uncomfortable but mm-hmm. everybody looks at that nobody looks at the schizophrenic and goes okay we got to cut him a break and talk about the results of sin and not you know and like deal with that right and, but nobody you know if the schizophrenic comes to me for counsel i don't go Stop it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the answer. Just stop it. You weren't born this way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Just stop. And so I think that that's a challenging deal, right? Is yeah. that, you, you know, when you move that illustration, you go, okay, well, somebody can be born mentally broken. Why couldn't somebody be born with a sexual brokenness? And I use brokenness in the term of, of like a theological realm, meaning right. that. I'm not trying to label anybody disabled. I'm just saying like, hey, we would we would call that from a theological world the 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 outflow of the of sin in the world, right? right? And so if they can be born with that brokenness, um I, I struggle with like what do we do? Like what do we do? What's the answer? How do we navigate? As pastors? Yeah, as, as pastors, as yeah. teachers, as people trying to give counsel, as people trying to encourage uh, believers who are trying to see Christ mm-hmm. that are have this orientation, that, that want to honor God. Right. You know what I'm saying? But part of me goes, uh, if this is the results of sin, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> what do we do with that? Um, well, I think first off, and, um, I, I've got to give credit 
to um, there's an author that has shaped the way I think. Okay, like in a huge way. Okay. Um, I've never met the lady, so it's not like I'm giving her a shout out or anything. But um, but I, I strongly recommend her uh, anything she's written to to anybody out there in podcast land. Uh, her name is Rosaria Butterfield. Okay. Uh, her first, um, well, not her first book, but her first book as a as a Christian uh, was titled "The Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Convert." And um, uh, to make a long story short, she was. Um, a, a pract- she was a, a member of the gay community, right. and um, not only a member of the gay community, but um, but you know, an advocate for it. She was a, a professor at Syracuse University, and um, you know that that was her life. Uh, she wrote an article that a, a local pastor had a, a qualm with, and in a very gentle and and loving way, he. Asked her, say, hey, you know, you want to talk about this? I, I don't think you're right. And then, uh, him and his wife invite her over for dinner, and she develops a relationship with the pastor and his wife, uh, ends up going to church. And this is takes time, but ends up becoming a, a Christian mm. in in her life. And this lady, um, you know, she's she's very compassionate. Um, mm-hmm. She, I, I just read today as I was brushing up on um, for for this uh, yeah. that she. Um, you know she's she's against like what do they call it gay conversion okay therapy conversion therapy sure yeah she's she's against all of that and you know because because basically and I'm getting around to your question sure. is I got it. Um, what she says uh, Miss Butterfield says is that the problem isn't gayness right <laughs> you know. When we've made that out, like, you know, as far as conversion therapy and this and that and everything else, it's like, oh, my gosh, you're gay. Yeah. That's like the almost unforgivable sin, right. you know, and, and but it's not. And, um, you know, the, the problem isn't that. The problem is unbelief. Yes. And that's that's what she realized, you know, in, in her journey is that her problem wasn't necessarily that she was – was gay her problem was is that she wasn't following Jesus Christ as her lord and savior and submitting to his you know his lordship over her life and um so how do we address that issue in the church uh, first of all it it starts with the gospel you know and that we're all broken you know um the the guy that was raised in church and never missed a sunday his whole life that's never trusted in Christ his you know he's just as lost as uh, the person that's never darkened the door of a church and never read the bible right you know um so we start with the gospel and 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 submitting to to Jesus as lord and you move on from there you know let let Jesus do his thing okay you know um uh, so I, I actually like that starting point so let's let's Kick that around for a little bit. So um, I, I, let me. Yeah. I'll throw in one illustration. I don't want to dominate your no no your go turf ahead. here. Though. Go ahead. But um, but you know, if you take if you take Nyquil, okay, or Dayquil, okay, you're not curing your cold. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're just basically giving yourself medicine head so you forget about the cold. Right. No, not necessarily. But you treat the symptoms. You know, you're treating the runny nose, the the cough, the whatever. You're not actually curing your cold. Your your immune system is curing the cold. The the Nyquil's just helping you, you know, cope okay. with it. Um, whenever we 
uh, try to address um, a sin or a certain sinful behavior, we're we're trying to cure the the problem with with we're just trying to cure symptoms, right? You know, just like your your theraflu does. Yeah. You know, we're we're not actually curing the thing. The only thing that can that can change somebody is is Christ, right. and He doesn't work on our timetable. Yeah. You know, the, it, sometimes it takes time. Yeah. Sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it it takes time for 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 Him to make someone new. You know, and um, so we start there. The problem isn't gayness or uh, alcoholism or drug addiction or anger or greed or lust. That, that's not the root problem. The root problem is a heart that's been separated from Christ. Mm. And that's the problem. Yeah. So we need to start there. I like I, that. I think. So let's, let's, let's take, so I've got so many things running in my head now because I, I think that was a pretty good articulation of some things that I've thought about before. But so let's start with, the practical of that, right? Okay. So, so I'm just being honest. Like for for me, we have, um, we have quite a few uh, members attenders here at the Vine mm-hmm. who are, um, who are homosexual. Okay. And then we have a, a another group that's homosexual that, that, that homosexual and out, and then homosexual and closeted, mm-hmm. right? So, in your world, does it practically work? Like, because here's, I keep saying this to everybody. I'm like, uh, you know, one of the things that we have here at the church that we believe, like it's in our actual like founding statements is we, we say, everybody's welcome here at the Vine. Yeah. I think it gets, it gets harder when you actually have to like <laughs> practically live that out, right? Yeah. It's, it's easy to put it in the <laughs> yeah, bylaws. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so we say, everybody's welcome here. And then... There are people here who have sins that are not like my sins exactly. or, or somebody else's. Whoever is the judge, the fruit inspector at that point, yeah. is looking that, well, their sins are different than my sins. Right. right. And so do you think we can create the kind of spaces in our churches where someone who is um, struggling through or actively involved in um, – uh, any sexual sin, but specifically here, you know, homosexual sin, but any sexual sin, do you think we can create the kind of spaces where they can come and that they can listen and that they can engage and that they can work through whatever they're going to work through with Christ? I, I think we must. I mean, as, um, you know, as, as scripture commands us to be salt and light in our community, you know, um, we've got to be that bright spot and you know we've we've got to be open to tell i mean good lord if if christ hadn't saved me as as you know in in my sinful state i i would still be lost you know christ doesn't save good people he he saves evil wretches like you (laughs) exactly but (laughs) everybody thinks they're good it's the other people that are good. yeah i mean if christ saves sinners the gospel you know, and and Jesus said, I, I didn't. You know, a, a doctor doesn't heal well people. Yeah. You know, I didn't come to save good people. I yeah. came to save sinners. Yeah. You know, and so we have to start somewhere. Yeah. You know, every person that walks through your door, um, every person, all of us, even the guy standing behind the pulpit, um, you know, he's a sinner. Um, but there's some that are that have have experienced a, a supernatural salvation from Christ, and they've submitted. 
you know, and trusted in him for forgiveness. And then there's some who haven't, Um, you know, so I think, and, and we, we just are wrapping up the bylaws process. Oh, really? So like we're, we're pretty new. Okay. And, um, you know, in our bylaws, we, we hashed it out with, uh, there, we had a a team of, I think six or seven of us. And, uh, you know, we hashed this out because I brought it up in, in the meeting, like, okay, we are in like, Right on the outskirts of downtown Orlando. Right. We are, I mean, we are going to interact with the gay community. Yeah. If, if, if we don't just like bar the doors and forbid right. anybody to come in. Right. Now, how's, how's that going to work out? And, um, everybody on the bylaws team was pretty much, I mean, we're unanimous. Okay. We've got to welcome them. Yeah. You know, they need, they need, they need us. Yeah. And, and we need to show them love and we need to show them grace. We need to show them compassion. Uh, we need to, to show them Jesus in, in a, in a loving way. Right. So yeah, let, let, yeah. come on. Yeah. Um, uh, as long as, they can play nice, and that applies with anybody. Right? You know that applies with the right wing nut job that comes in and starts <laughs> yeah. throwing the King James Bible at me. And you know, you know, if he can't, so he can stay if he wants to play nice. But if he's going to be a jerk, you yeah. know, you're not welcome anymore. Yeah. And yeah. you know, so sure, there's a it, limit. To, yeah, yeah, I mean, it can't if, be a disruption, to everybody. Else. Yeah, if right. you can play nice, you can sit. Um, I don't know how it works here at the Vine, right. but um, you know, in most Baptist churches, you have. Um, you know, you, there's there's kind of a distinction between attending and and members, right? You know, um, <clears throat> I think you'd have to delve into the situation further uh, before you uh, affirmed uh, membership, right? You know, um, like that would be a distinctive line where you yeah, have to start I mean, talking like, about how and does that, this work out, and that would be I've I've turned away, um, you know, a, a friend of mine. Uh, and his wife, uh, you know, he came to me one day. He's like, hey, you know, it wasn't his wife at the time. Hey, we, we kind of want to join your church. And I said, let's get the wedding out of the way first. Yeah. Because right now, you know, you're, you're living together and, you know, we, we don't really approve of that, yeah. you know. So, um, and I don't think they ever came back to my church. So, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> so this isn't just a gay thing. It's, it's a. It's an everything. It's an everybody thing. Well, and, you know, it's kind of. You know, um, have you forsaken your sin, whatever your sin of choice is? You know, are you um, are you in a posture uh, to battle that sin, or are you just embracing it? Right. You know, I, I this is the way I am, so you know, accept me, even though the Bible says such and such is wrong, and you know. Uh, so let's let's break that down a little bit because I think I think that's at the heartbeat of. Of the pro of the real challenge mm-hmm. for the pastor and for the, the the Christian community leader. So, I do see a difference between like the two. Like the illustration, I think, is valid to some extent, but it's a little bit apples and oranges, right? We would say you got a couple that comes in and they're living um, outside of the confines of marriage, mm-hmm. right? And they're wanting to, you know connect and, and be involved and serve and or be members or, you know, yeah. join staff, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They want to be deep. I don't know what the heck they want to do, right? But they want to do something. Mm-hmm. And that usually raises the first, like, like everybody's welcome to come in and sit there and, and listen. And, yeah, but, and I would say, you know, everybody's welcome to 
Um, you know, if we if we do charity events, yeah. you know, you're you're welcome, you're welcome to, to serve and all. You're that kind welcome of stuff. to serve. You're welcome to join our small groups. Yeah, you know, we'll we'll visit you in the hospital. Absolutely. You know, uh, you know, whatever at it is. At some point, <clears throat> there, there there a line gets crossed, and I think each church is different. Yeah. And the pastor has to have this conversation where they go, "Hey, we have to address this." We have to address this issue, right? Because mm-hmm. the Bible addresses this issue. I'm bound to what the Bible says. We we started off in the agreement point that the the Bible's the authority and the right. Bible's inspired, right? So we have to address this. And we know that that sexual fidelity is the Bible standard, right? Inside yeah. the confines of marriage. So we're like, it's not a big and I don't I don't think anybody's surprised at that either. I don't no. think there's anybody like walking in going, I wonder if he's gonna be like, Oh, it's okay, no big deal, right? Like <laughs> we're kind of sexual fidelity people. I'm, yeah. I'm, we're into the sexual fidelity message. Yeah. So to the couple that's that's living in sin, or we would say living in sin, who's living outside the confines of sexual fidelity and not inside a committed relationship, um, I think most pastors are, are comfortable saying, okay, let's have that discussion. Yeah. In part because when we're looking at that particular sin, we're really talking about sin action, mm-hmm. not the results of sin, meaning sin condition. And there's a logical choice uh, of commitment there that you can make. Right. What about if we put if we're having the discussion surrounding homosexuality and we start talking about a person who has a sin condition, whether it's homosexuality or something else, that at some level depend, and I think each person's different. The level of control over that is outside of their hands, meaning that they may go the run, the whole run. Mm-hmm. Like my schizophrenic friend is going to go the whole run, right? Yeah. He's going and until he crosses over, until God glorifies him, gives him a new body. Yeah. He's going to deal with this. Yes. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so his answer is much more narrow and nuanced and limited, right? It's not like I can counsel him and go, stop it. Just stop. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Just yeah, stop. Yeah. I know. And it's, um, do, I mean, do you see that? Do you feel I, I understand. That and, you know, the, Paul writes about it. Um, I don't, do you ever listen to Christian rap? <laughs> no, no. No? Not a big Christian rap guy. No. Dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Who do you listen I'm to? I'm like, I listen, well, I, I haven't as of recent uh, a lot, but uh, there's a, a rapper named Tadashi. He's got a song. Okay. It's called Make. My favorite part is nobody can know this on the pod, like who's listening to the podcast, yeah. but I'm talking to... I'm talking to a white rancher from Osceola County <laughs> who loves Christian rap. I just love it so good. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I don't tow anybody's line. My boy, uh, my boys mess around with cattle all day long. He's like, yeah, I got my rappers. Yeah, um, but there's there's a song uh, Tadashi he has, and it, it's been a while um, that since it came out. But the song's called "Make War." Okay, and and you know the the general theme of the the song is that. You know, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to battle my sin. You know, for the music video on YouTube, you know, he's like boxing and stuff like that. And um, it's a war. It's a battle. I mean, we are are promised uh, freedom from sin and uh, the consequences of sin, the ramifications of sin, and judgment over our sin if we're in Christ. Yes. But we're not promised that we're not going to have to go down swinging. You know, I mean, it, Paul writes about that. You know, he says, you know, I buffet my body, I make it my slave. You know, um, you know, like a boxer. You know, I, I battle my sin daily. And um, he also <laughs> says this. So he also says in seven, he says, you know, 
Uh, the things I want to do, I don't do. Yeah. The things I do, I don't want to do. And then he has this interesting phrase where he says, if I do them, it's the sin that lives in me. Right. And, and for me, I've always taken that to be Paul's statement is, there are some things living in me that won't be set right till glorification. Right. That won't be set right till we get new bodies. Yeah. And, you know, I, I look at it this way, you know, as we battle sin. Right. And it's, it's, a, it's a posture thing. Okay. Like, um, what is your posture toward your sin? Okay. Um, you know, if you step into the boxing ring with, uh, you know, 1980s Mike Tyson – you're gonna get your butt. Kicked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you have two choices. Yeah. You can you can like roll over and just lay on the mat and wait for the referee to count to ten, <laughs> right? Or you can walk out to the ring, put your hands up, yeah, and and give it a whirl. Yeah, you know, like go swinging. Rocky on him. You right, know, right? Um, and you know, but you're you're, I think. <laughs> The the fate is the same. Yes. You know, he, he's just going to knock you out with your hands up, but your posture is different. I think the posture of a Christian is, you know, with that the metaphorical gloves up, like I'm going to fight this until I die. Right. You know, and 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 then God's going to have the victory when it's all said and done. Um, but the person that just lays down on the mat and rolls over and says, "Okay, this is it." You know their their posture isn't one against sin. It's a posture of acceptance of sin. Right. You know, for the guy that goes in in the boxing ring and lays down on the mat, he's he's just said, "Put a fork in me, I'm done." Yeah. You know, but uh, I think you I, know it, it's it's a fight. It's a battle. I, you know, you're going to battle lust. You're going to battle greed. You're going to battle envy. You're going to battle all of those sins that that the Bible speaks of. Right. You know and the difference is made in the person that's battling and the person that just rolls over and accepts it. Yeah. You know, I actually, I, I, I think that I agree. Like, I think that I agree with the concept of the battle because there's definitely no doubt that Paul lays out this like battle war mentality. Yeah. You got a war against it, yeah. right? You got a war against this whole thing. But here's the thing: it feels like the war. It, the the war message, and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like the war message makes total sense when um, it's it's action. But when it's condition based, it starts to sound a little odd. Mm -hmm. Like you, you're talking, to, you got somebody with cerebral palsy. You don't say fight it, right? You, you know what I'm saying? You got somebody with like cancer. You don't say we'll fight it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean, you say fight it, but you don't say like yeah. fight it out of your power, right? right. You know what I'm saying? You, there is this kind of like window where we kind of look at certain things and we go, hey, um, is it possible from mm -hmm. a theological standpoint that we would go, this is not God's original design. Mm -hmm. This obviously is part of the fall, but there are some things this side of heaven that won't be set right. Yeah. I, I, I don't That's know. where I'm yeah. like, I'm like... And and I know that it feels like with when I'm having conversations with members who are thinking this through and believers who are thinking this through that it sounds like we're opening a door, but I'm not sure we really are. I'm not I'm not sure we're just being honest about the condition of yeah. of people. I mean, it, 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 if I ever go to a pastor that has all the answers, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm walking the other way. <laughs> right, this guy, right. this guy's this guy needs out. to yeah, this guy Dangerous. needs to deal with his pride and right. you know he he doesn't uh, know as enough. much as he thinks he does. Fair enough. So I, I think it's okay to to say, you know, this is what the Bible says. Um, I don't know how it works out. Yeah. You know, I I don't 
I know, you know, that there's this, um, I mean, pretty much everybody that's, that's gay would say there is a predisposition yeah. to that. Like, yeah. you know, I didn't just like wake up one day and decide, eh, I think I'll put my gay pants on today, you know? And, you know, it's Fair like, enough. it's, you know, and it's something that, pants. that they, that they battled with, yeah. you know, I mean, that's the, the whole coming out of the closet yeah. thing that, um, you know, that we understand as a, as a society, as a culture now, and it's a big deal. So, you know, so, I don't, I don't so think that let me give you the illustration. There, I, you give I, me your pastoral counseling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, so gosh, what would you say to this? Cause I, I've had this, so I got a guy that's a buddy of mine and he's, he's basically, you know, this guy's middle-aged Yeah. and he's basically like, look, Mike, I a hundred percent believe in Christ mm-hmm. and I a hundred percent agree with what you're saying that pre-fall, his design mm-hmm. was the sexes, the, the two sexes to be in, in, in relationships defined by fidelity and commitment. I believe the whole thing. I'm in. But through this brokenness, my orientation is this attraction to the same sex. And I've prayed and prayed and prayed for God to take this away. He is not. I am, I am haunted by this, um, this knowledge that that's what's going on in my mortal body. I believe it's not going on in my spirit, but it's going on in my mortal body. And I'm praying for God to take this away. He has not. And there is this, what he would say, only God-given urge to connect with someone else. And he's, he's basically looking at me and going, he's not, he's, he's not even wanting answers. He's basically just going, I don't know what I was supposed to do. I don't know what I am supposed to do. This is the best I can do in the midst of this. Ugh. And I'm like, part of me looks at that with real, real compassion right. and mercy of and course. goes, I'm not sure that it's my job in this moment to heap more shame and guilt upon you because you've basically said down the line, we agree <laughs> on pretty much all of the the truth statements and the theology statements. You know what right. I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, 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 to that, I, I, I wonder, I know that the rest of the Christian community struggles with this, but I wonder if we don't underestimate the grace of God in some, some of these situations. Um, you know, I'm a Baptist, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, What's the guys that don't believe in the miraculous gifts anymore? Cessationist. Cessationist. <laughs> I'm not a cessationist. Right. You know, I, I believe that most of what you see on TBN yeah. and anybody out there in podcast land, don't watch TBN. That's trash, typically. And yes, I said that. And no, I won't apologize. Can I get an amen? <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I don't believe that most of what you see on TV is, yeah. is real. But, you know, I, I do believe that God miraculously heals yeah. and, and does work miracles. Yeah. That is possible, I believe, in in your your friend's life. Yeah, I, it may not it may not be probable, right? You know it, but it, it's possible. Yeah. And you know there there's some of in our ranks in Christendom that would say, well, he just needs to pray harder, you know, or he just needs to fast, or you know, he just needs to read his Bible three times a day and not right. just twice a day, you know, yeah, and uh, pray the gay away or whatever, you know, and maybe you know paul wrote you know i have this thorn in my side and i've prayed we don't know what the thorn is yeah 
I mean, it, it could be anything. But it sure sounds like it's connected to his flesh. Yeah. He's like, I have this thorn in my flesh, yeah. and I prayed for it to go away, and it won't. And what is the answer that he gets from God? My grace is sufficient for you. You know, sometimes you just have to rest in the unknown and and let it drive you to faith in God. And and I know that sounds like it's not a simplistic answer. It's not a, a formulaic answer. It's just... I, I don't know. Yeah. I would tell your friend, I love you, and, um, you know, I, I want to help in any way I can, yeah. um, but I'm not going to be so arrogant as to say I've got an X, Y, Z answer for you. That's fair. You know? That's um, fair. And, I, think, I think if we could get to it, like, I'm a big believer, like, if the, if the pastors could start with, right, if mm-hmm. we could start off with – um. It, I, I, it maybe be a little more science based in our thinking, right? Mm-hmm. So, because science is basically looking at sexuality and going, we're at the very cusp of understanding the mind and sexuality and all that goes into it. Right. We know we we know some, but we know very little. Oh, gosh, and then you talk we're to never figure it out. Yeah, but you talk to a pastor, and it's like they know everything, right? Oh and gosh, I, like, I've been around them, and I just want to. Yeah, like, I'm always. Could, Lord, could we dude, start with up. at least that? That where like we just admit we go, we're not really sure about how all this works. But we know that, but we do know this, right? We do know that we're justified by faith. Mm -hmm. We know that this life is full of this sanctification process where we we go to war with our sin. And we know that there's a time coming where we're all going to die and we're still going to have sin in our bodies Mm -hmm. and he's going to have to glorify us. Right. Everybody agrees on that. Yeah. It's like, if we could just have that conversation first, it feels like I think we'd all be closer on this issue. Like we'd all would be more grace minded on this issue, right? If we started there, right? Yeah, and and I, I, that's that's where we need to start, you know. And um, you know, we're all sinners, um, and the only hope for all of us is that we're saved by grace. You know, uh, right now in in our Sunday worship, I'm preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. You know, and man, if you come away from, well, shoot, we're starting chapter six on um, this Sunday, you know, chapter five, if you come away from chapter five, like the first third of the Sermon on the Mount, like thinking that you've got this under control, man, either you're living in another reality or you're just arrogant beyond belief. Because, I mean, Jesus has told us that that to, to harbor ill will in your mind, you know, uh, evil thoughts is murder. Right. You know, he's he's told us that uh, that lust is adultery. That lust, you know, <laughs> that looking at someone with lust in your heart is adultery. Yeah. Um, you know, and what else am I missing out on? You know, turn turn the other cheek when someone insults you. O's and lies. You know. Yeah. To hedge it all is a lie. You know. I yeah. Mean, like, oh. Man. Yeah. If you if you're you know if you swear you know, yeah. like like I told my congregation like. Nobody gets out of here alive, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is like well, Tonium, you I, know, big, nobody gets out of here. I keep saying it you know? to our and, church and to our guys, I keep saying, you know, when you really look at that section, he starts off with, you gotta be better than scribes and Pharisees, and he ends it with, You gotta be perfect. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And I'm like, anybody? So anybody? What does this what does this Sermon on the Mount do? It drives me to the foot of the cross because I'm like, God, there is no way I'm getting out of here yeah. unscathed. Yeah. There is no way that I can uphold your standard. Yeah. I need Jesus yeah. to save me. I need his perfection to cover my imperfection. Because because I ain't getting out of here if that's not the case. To me, that's you know? where I think the ish the 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 person take my 
pastor friend's advice. The person who's struggling with this particular sin mm-hmm. collides with the gospel, the, the, the message Jesus articulates, right? Mm-hmm. Is because what we typically like to do is we like to pick out a certain sin and, 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 and focus on it, make it the sin, right? Mm-hmm. But Jesus goes to great length in the Sermon on the Mount to basically say, all of you are in the same boat. Yeah. Right. And then Paul does it in Romans. That's his articulation. I mean, Romans, if the right? scribes and the Pharisees are in the sin boat. Nobody stands a chance. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We realize that they were just a bunch of jerks, but you know, yeah. but in, but in that moral, culture, but moral, they right? were the moral ones. Yeah. You know? And so, and then Paul does it in first in uh, Romans chapter one and two. He's like, you know, he's, he, he goes to this thing, and then he actually even pulls out the sexual sins, things like homosexuality. And then chapter two, he starts with, "And you Jews are the same." Yeah, you know what I'm saying? it's like everybody's in this boat, right? So yeah. the gospel message is everybody is in need of grace. One for salvation that comes through justification. And then two, we're going to do battle with sin, but there are some sins that are going to remain till death because that's a glorification process. I mean, imagine, it. you know, you're a guy, I'm a guy, you know, we're, you know, imagine if we could conquer if every sin, if we could get to a state of perfection, our first inclination would be like, I don't need the gospel anymore. Absolutely. You know, and, and I think that, um, I'm never going to say that God's responsible for sin. Yeah. So, you know, I can't, I would never say that because right. he's, he's not. But I think that in his providential sovereignty, he allows us, he allows that to, to go on to be like, hey, you need me yeah. and don't ever walk away from me because you can't do this on your own. You know, you see like yesterday, you know what you did yesterday because you stepped away from me yesterday and, and you just fell right into sin. You need me. And, and I think that, you know, as we battle sin, it, it reminds us daily of, man, I need Jesus. I, I think we're, fo- I, I, the other thing I, I struggle with is I think we, we may have the blinders on a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. Because think about this for a moment. So, the creation, the created world, the natural world as it is now, Paul describes as in bondage to decay, mm-hmm. meaning that what we know as our natural world is actually the results of the fall. It's the punishment. Mm-hmm. But we're constantly, what do we do? And I, and, I, and I mean, this This is a good thing. I do this, right? We're constantly uh, planning trips to go see great things within the nature, mm-hmm. and, and we're celebrating it, right? Right. Because they're... There, even though the nuclear bomb of sin has gone off mm-hmm. and everything's radioactive and infected, it's nature still has the fingerprints of God and it's still fighting against that too and thriving, right? And so we look at, we go to the Grand Canyon, we look at the Niagara Falls, you go to the whatever, the Smoky Mountain National Forest, and you're looking at this stuff and it's, it's beautiful and it sets your mind back on God, right? But there's this other element that Paul brings up that says, oh, by the way, this is all in decay. So what you think of as great is actually part of the punishment. Right. Right. But what if that's also true in us? Like, what if that's true about our condition, right? So we look at the guy with cerebral palsy and go, oh, man, look at the results of sin. But what if those results are in us, too? It's just more pronounced there. Yeah. And we don't know how pronounced. <laughs> You're exactly Because we're all going to die, and we're yeah. never created to die. And so here we are with this, this these bodies that are broken in sin. And I think that's what Paul's bringing up. Yeah. I think he's like... My body just gives it, it gives in to sin all the time. It gives yeah. away to sin all the time. And he's not saying it to be like that's a loophole. Go sin. Oh, dude, if you could <laughs> smell my breath in the morning, you know that my body is in decay. <laughs> oh man, so good. It's you so know, true. it's like yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I may look good today, but you know, <laughs> 
but you know, it, my I can tell you, the I can, ultimate yeah, theological example. I can tell you that yeah. <laughs> that my body is in decay, and sometimes it smells like it too. Yeah. You know, and and we're all in decay, and and <laughs> that's you know, a good point. It, it, we we do all these things to change it and cover it up and try to make it smell nice and all this stuff. But the truth yeah. is, we're dying. We're dying <laughs> every second that we're you dying live, every dying. day. And that's and that's my point with the the struggle with these sins. You pull out a sin like a, a, a mental brokenness, a sexual brokenness, a physical brokenness, mm-hmm. and the answers fall short. I think because. We don't recognize that some of these sins are attached to the condition and the fall and won't be resolved until glorification. Right. We're gonna. We, that doesn't mean we don't do battle where we can, and it doesn't mean that there isn't a like there isn't actions that flow out of that condition that right. should be addressed. Right. But sometimes the condition remains. We don't. We can't just roll over. Yeah. And and let it and let it get us. Yeah. You know we have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and. and you know, I, I think that's that's what marks the the Christian and the non Christian. You know, even I, and I don't care if they're they're in church or what. I'm saying the Christian, not the church person, but the Christian and the non Christian, um, is that the Christian understands that that it's a broken world and that they are a broken person and that they are going to do battle and they they do do battle. Um, the non Christian just either one, and I've seen this in the case of church members. Yeah. They think they're pretty dang good, you know, and that's a bad place to be too. Yeah, you know, because they've just you know accepted that they're good enough. Yeah, you know, um, <clears throat> they're good enough to judge everybody else. Yeah, I got a couple. You like know, that. some of the greatest Christians that I've known personally are think that they are the worst people in the world. Yes, you know, I mean, I I've, those are the ones I like. <clears throat> and me too. Yeah, you know, I. Whenever we, we'd have prayer meeting, there was one brother I had every time that we had a, 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 a small group prayer meeting type session. It's like, Lord, I am a sinner and I don't understand why you saved me. Right. Because I am a, a wretch. Yeah. Um, and, but I, you know, I, I thank you for your salvation. Yeah. Like, I'm going to spend the weekend with that guy, <laughs> you know, because exactly. that guy I, gets that guy it. to hang out with. Yeah. Right. Because that guy, that guy understands the gospel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the person that, that, that never acknowledges their own sin, that guy doesn't understand the gospel. Would you say that your that you still lean? I don't want I don't want to pigeonhole you, but but would you say you're comfortable with the title reformed? Um, that you're more reformed in your thinking, reformed in your theology. Yeah, probably. Okay, I I would say I'm more reformed, but. Um, I've gone through the cage stage of Calvin Nazism. Okay. You know? Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I made it out alive, and I look back and I'm like, man, I was a I was jerk, an idiot. <laughs> you know. Um, but you know, I, and and I've I've kind of come back around to it, and and the best way that I w- somebody's explained it to me is like, you know, whether you're Calvinistic, you know, or Arminian, um, you know, those those are your like theological underwear okay yeah, okay you need them but not everybody needs to see them yeah you know what i mean got it fair and, enough and that's that's kind of where i'm at because i i've learned that you know I, I don't have it all figured out right and i'm not gonna try to you know say that you know this is the right way because you know um you know the the divine sovereignty of God and human responsibility and free will, mm-hmm. they come together somehow, but yeah. I can't tell you where. Yeah. You know, 
and 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 I've gotten to the point, you know, after I moved away from the hallowed halls of Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and got into the real world, I just want people to follow Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I'm like, I don't care if you're, I don't care if you read John MacArthur or whatever. I just yeah. want you following Jesus, right? And that's it. Whether you believe that that you were, uh, you know, that it was predisposed or you chose yes and both and i don't care just right. follow jesus right however you get there yeah. you know follow jesus believe the bible i don't care if you know if you declare john macarthur's birthday as a national holiday or or what you know just follow jesus and that's where i am so uh, my thinking is probably more reformed but um but i i've been challenged I'm a big you know, believer by the other that. side of the camp too. So you know, I wrote somebody the other day. I said, you know, maybe this isn't apples to apples, but I think it's it's close as I can get that when you're when you're in your 20s and you start thinking about politics, you just naturally gravitate towards the Democratic Party because. Well, I don't want to even go any further than that, but I think that's just like thing in your 20s. Stay away from politics, <laughs> yeah. Pastor. But then, don't look, it's but, a trap. But there's something about like growing up <laughs> and it, and there is something about like, you know, I think there's like this, this thing that happens with a lot of people where they go through this, oh, let me look back, let me think this through. And they end up in a, in a you know, I'd, I'd like to think they end up in a more libertarian place, but whatever. So, yeah, but here's the thing. Think this, I think... I think when people start in faith, there's this, for me, there's this tendency to be um, a little more, I don't know how I want to put it, uh, I, I, whatever I'm about to say, I'm going to tick everybody off. So, But I would say a little more, you know, free will, Arminian, Wesleyan, whatever you want to put on, label on that, yeah. right? But over time, and this is the thing that's that's brought me to my knees over time, is that I keep coming back to the fact that the answer concerning my brokenness mm -hmm. that I continue to prove over and over how broken I am mm -hmm. and my and how broke and how sin remains in my body, the answers feel so much more comfortable in the the reformed thinking. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so the older but I get, the, the more the more they're... sinful I'm, I'm aware yeah. of my sin and and the reformed answers just feel like much more free. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't? <laughs> but at this, you know, but at the same time, you, it's hard to take even that position out to what you know philosophers would say it's yeah. logical conclusion. Yeah. You know, the logical conclusion. I'm putting air quotes on this yeah. for those out in Radio Land <laughs> is that um, that you can't is that if we're all predestined and then there's no free will. Yeah. But we know in Scripture that. That's not it, <laughs> you yeah. know. That's that's. Well, I like the Augustinian thought that that that. Think about it this way. Let me let me throw this at you. See if you like it. And I think this is where it connects with what we've been talking about. Is I I this is my opinion. I'm I'm, I'm about to make an opinion. So oh man, you know, but this is my. But I think what Paul's really saying is is that you you're not you were born with the shadow of free will, mm -hmm. meaning that because you were born in sin. And we're born in sin condition. The free will that was given to us pre-fall, meaning that in the created order, is now in slavery to sin. Mm -hmm. Which means, even if you, even if you have free will or what's left over of free will from the created order, 
It only chooses sin and brokenness now. Exactly. Right. You know, a lion can't choose to be a lamb. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> but in Christ, we're now freed to use that free will. Yes. And to choose him. Right. That's the, that's the best I've come up with, right? I agree with you. Now, so then it comes, that, that, then I think that comes in line with Paul's wrestling of sin. It's, he's like, I'm... I'm putting my body in, in, in check, and I'm, I'm wrestling with the sin because my, my will's been freed to serve him, to mm-hmm. honor him, to love him, where before it wasn't free. I was a slave to those things, right? A slave to sin, yeah. But then he sums along and he recognizes, but don't forget that even though we'll do battle mm-hmm. because the Spirit's freed us, Sin will remain until yeah. he removes it in glorification. Exactly. And, and for me, that just, those answers just, I go, yes, 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 yes. And I think it speaks a lot to this problem. It does. You know? I, I think you're right. And, um, you know, and I, I don't believe that any of us choose Christ on our own accord. You know, um, because, you know, of, of our, our broken nature. I, I, I mean, um, you know, the Holy Spirit is working in you. If, if you, you know, I don't know if they still, do y'all still do altar calls? Yeah, we, we wouldn't call them that. Oh, okay. Decision time. <laughs> you mean you don't stand up at the pulpit with your Bible and say, come sing, down for sing, your mama? Sing nine uh, thousand verses of just as I am. Yeah, no, there's only seven or nine. <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, but... You know, if during an altar call, you know, whatever you want to call it, time of invitation, time yeah. of response, whatever you want to call it, if you come if you come down and choose to accept Christ, the only reason you're choosing to accept Christ is because the sovereignty of God placed you in the vicinity of the gospel. Uh, the sovereignty of God convicted you of your sin, and the Holy Spirit is telling you, accept Jesus. Right. You know, so... <clears throat> and you don't have anything to do with that. I know. You know, and and I tell people, you know, if if it's totally just up to the person to choose or not choose Christ, why do you pray for them? Yeah. Why? Right. I mean, well, I prayed for them, you know, and and every Arminian will or I shouldn't paint people with that brush, but every person who leans more toward the free will camp would say, you know, yes, I pray for the lost. I pray that God will save them. But you're praying for God to move on their salvation, you know. And if 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 God didn't move, you know, th- there would be no hope. And and that's the thing is, you know, we pray for salvation because deep down within we believe we know that God has to work on that person. And um, all right, let me give you. But I'm not going to break fellowship with anybody over right. it. You know, oh, not, yeah, I, I, me neither. You know, we're not going to. Me neither. If you're, call into if church you're a free will person, God bless you. Yeah, just follow Jesus. Yeah. That's all we want. You know. So one last question. Um, now, our whole nation is going through a change that's going to become our new reality. I think it's pastors. So now, whether you agree or not, it's out to lunch. And whether you think it's a good thing or not, out to lunch. doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. We, exi- we now live in a country where it's, it's legal for um, people of the same sex to marry. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward. The, and this is a reality for me now, but I think it's going to be a reality for most pastors over the next 20 years. So let's fast forward 20 years. Okay. 20 years from now, you got a couple that comes to the church, two guys, two girls, whoever it is. They've got a family with kids. they got a house and a dog and a white picket fence and a mortgage like everybody else and a couple of cars. And just they're like everybody else. Yeah. 
And they come to your church. They love your preaching. They hear about Jesus. They're drawn to Jesus. Uh, I would say, as a good old Reformed guy, that the, somehow the Holy Spirit moved on them, and they turned their lives over. And then at some point, they're introduced to some biblical messages or some biblical teaching that surrounds the issue of sexuality, and they hear that somehow this is a deviation from the original design of the created order. Mm-hmm. What's, what is the actual practical counsel at that point to a married couple with kids in a house, and that's all they've ever known? Well, I, I mean, it, it, it all stands on Scripture. I mean, do you – I mean – I'm just the mailman, you know. <laughs> but I, but think think about I'm the practical the outworkings of this, right? Yeah, you got a kid. He's like he's 13. Yeah, these are his parents. It's all he's ever known. Yeah, is the is it? And I'm just asking, is the oh reason, you're you're talking? We're 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 dealing with a, a what do you do? A gay couple? Yeah. Okay. Um. Wow. I mean, that that's tough. And and I have like briefly in my own you know ADD. Uh, ADHD mind, you know, it's crossed over, you know, like, what do you do? Do you just tell them to uproot their whole life? Yeah. You know, and that's hard, but. And it's family too now. It remember is family. You got, you got families that are raising kids and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, man, I don't know. Um, you know, it's, you'd have to tell them, you know, draw closer to Jesus, right. you know, whatever you do, seek him and, and let, let the Holy Spirit do the work. Okay. Pray, um, you know, a- acknowledge, you know, ex- and, and tell, and, and that's one thing that like um, uh, uh, Rosaria Butterfield wrote about is right. that the gay community does community better than most churches. Right. I mean, they are. I mean, like you're you're supportive. like family and supportive, <laughs> and and it's it's a um, you know, from from what I've understood and from what I've learned is that it is a tight knit family, and you know, you have to if you walk out of that, it's not easy to do. It, it's like it's hard, and because you know, the rest of your community, those people that you love and cherish and shared life with, um, you know, they're they're kind of turned off by you walking away from them, and that that's hard. Um, but I just think of like the practical you know, it, of an actual family and an actual. I I'm I, and think about it. I mean, the results there is then what? The kids experience a divorce, or they experience the sense of separation from the two people that love them that, that they've always known. I mean, it just it's bizarre a world to me. Yeah, I mean, we don't have all the answers. <laughs> I'm going to recommend another book to you. <laughs> Give me one. Give um, one. Uh, Caleb Kaltenbach okay. wrote a book called Messy Grace. Okay, cool. Okay, um, this applies directly to this situation. Okay, great. I kind of, sort of. Yeah. Um, K- Caleb Kaltenbach was um, born to a, a mom and dad. They were married. Right. Um, mom and dad divorced, and both mom and dad uh, realized they were gay. Right. After they divorced. Okay. So he's caught in the middle. Dad's gay and lives in this town. Mom's gay and and lives in this town uh, with her partner. And, um, you know, dad with his partner and Caleb's interaction with Christian was, you know, the sine wave in Westboro Baptist, quote unquote, church type people. Okay. Um, You know, and so that's what Christianity was to him. He went to a youth group one night to, you know, to, you know, I don't know, laugh at Christians or, you know, to 
show them that they were wrong or whatever, but he ended up, uh, long story short, becomes a Christian, becomes a a fairly conservative Christian and becomes a pastor, you know, and he's a pastor with his mom and dad that have very real lives within this community. What do Uh you do? Messy grace. Messy grace. That's it. It's messy. You know, he actually had to, um, and I agree with him, uh, he invited his his mom and her partner, I think it was, or his dad, uh, to church. Whenever he was preaching, he was pastoring this church, and somebody from the church came and said, we don't want those type of people here anymore. So I don't know if it was immediate or if it was pretty darn quick, but he said, I'm out of here, yeah. you know, and walked away from the church because, you know, that that's my mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to lo- – you, you got to love your mom and dad. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, God worked in, in his parents' life. Um, I, I do believe that both of his parents became believers right. and, um, and, you know, but it took time. Yeah. And, it, and like the book says, it was messy. You know, and and one thing that I got from that book was that there are no really clear cut answers. I mean, you've got to do those things you know you're supposed to do. And what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to love. We're supposed to serve. We're supposed to be compassionate, and we're supposed to do all of those things. So let's let's focus on doing the things that we can do, and then we'll figure out everybody's fate later. <laughs> you know, we know the truth, and right. you know that's good. Um, that's good. And so let God work. And I try not to worry about those things because it keeps me up, you know, and <laughs> it keeps me up at night. I think we're going to be dealing with some of this stuff. We are. Like you I got a, I got a question for you. Okay, hit me. Um, what happens when uh, the government of the United States says you must marry a gay couple? Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think we're there now, but but it feels like I think we're headed that way. Yeah, it's it's it feels like it's a weird deal where that when the government starts to step into like it, when this it, 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 that's a weird deal when the government starts to step into the the internal workings of the faith community. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. But I I think that's where we're headed. That's coming. I, I do. Oh, I, I really do. Man. Um because I'm seeing be it so now crazy. in 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 the media is that um you know Christians aren't it's not that a lot of people are just there's fewer Christians. It's not just that there's fewer Christians. But we are a lot for a lot mm-hmm. in a lot of people's minds we're looked at as bigoted misogynistic, backwards, anti-intellectual, you know, people that need to be stopped, you know. And as that mindset becomes more prevalent, I think it's going to get to the point where, you know, they're going to say, okay, you can have your private beliefs, but you're going to do this, yeah, you know. Um, And I think that's where we're headed, Um, you know. Mm. I think if that became, um, if what you just said there became a reality where the state began to intrude into the inner workings of the faith community, where the lines got crossed, typically we think about the lines getting crossed the other way, but if the lines got crossed where the state was stepping in Mm -hmm. to the church, you're going to have some crazy stuff go on. You're going to have some like, I mean, that's, those are like 
fighting words and people get nuts quick. Now, I, yeah, but maybe in Alabama and <laughs> Arkansas and Tennessee, <laughs> Texas. But, you know, but even in Texas, I, I read the story, you know, where a um, the the San Antonio City Council voted to not allow uh, a Chick-fil-A to rent space inside. Into the airport. Yeah, I saw that recently. That was a recent deal. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Everybody loves Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil-A loves everybody. (laughs) But, you know, because the the owners donated to what they called an anti-LGBT stuff, then, you know, they're they're ostracized. Like, when did private – when when did the government become allowed to discriminate against somebody for private beliefs? Yeah, it's powerful. I mean, and – so that that's in Texas. That's not in like yeah, New York, New or, York or LA or, or LA, right. you know. That's that's Texas. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just think that's that's a whole other can put, of worms. Yeah, I haven't put my tin foil hat on yet, but um <laughs> but it's coming. <laughs> but the well, end dude, is drawing nigh. Listen, I really really appreciate you coming in. Thank you for sharing with us today. Um, I would love to the reserve the right to call you back and talk about more of the political stuff and oh, like how that shoot. works out in like Man. in the in the social You're the crazy. social fabric stuff, okay. right? Because I think I think the idea of what a pastor is going to have to navigate over the next twenty years, based upon just what's headed here, mm-hmm. I don't think any of us have really thought this through yet. Where we're what we're about to have to deal with, no. And, you know, I think all of the books and the seminaries are stuck in like, you know, 1960s. Exactly. Where, you know, the the pastor is still a respected member of the community just because he's a pastor. Right. And and the church is still a respected institution. Right. That 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 ship has sailed. Yeah, that ship has sailed. And we got to talk about it. All right. So so listen, thank you a ton. I appreciate you. you. I'll have you back. Let's do it again. See you. See you. Love you guys. Mean it. All right, man.